Boardwalk Sports Talk, welcome. Episode 27. Today, we go beyond the world of sports and go into a little bit of sports business with a New Jersey entrepreneur. I'd say a Rutgers legend, just given how his business has become synonymous with Rutgers and Rutgers sports. Uh, Steve Ostergren, welcome to the program. Hello, hello. Uh, thank you for that little plug. Uh, a bunch of years ago, we did put on our, our staff t-shirts, Scarlet Fever, a Rutgers tradition. So kind of self-proclaimed, but we've been around long enough now. I think we can say that. It definitely is. There's no doubt about that. We're going to get into all that too. So can you tell us a little bit about your sort of story? Uh, how'd you get to where you are today? How'd you build Scarlet Fever? How'd you get into retail and apparel? It'd be great to, to understand a little bit about that. Uh, it, it's kind of an interesting story. I, I actually have an engineering degree from Rutgers. I'm proud to say that. And it's, it's, it's framed on my wall in my home, but uh, I, I use my college education every day, but I don't use my college degree, so to speak. But uh, I had an internship while in school and I, I didn't really aspire to that shirt and tie kind of life and, and corporate life. And uh, so I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, but one of the things that always, always was stuck in my mind during my time at Rutgers, I was the Scarlet Knight. I was the mascot for the school. So I got to travel with the football and basketball teams. Uh, wow. I was considered a cheerleader. Yeah, I got a varsity letter in cheerleading. Never wore the little white shorts or held the megaphone per se. <laughs> but uh, I hung out with them. And the cheerleaders are just great, fun people, I have to say. But I got to go to every game home and away. There's only one of me. There might have been 25 of them. So there would be four girls, four guys, the coach and me. So I got to go back in the 80s. Uh, I was at that game in the swamp and we tied number two Florida. 85 85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。85。
you know, shoulder to shoulder. And I had the aha moment, like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to open a store like this at Rutgers. I'm going to open a store like this at Rutgers. That is awesome. Yeah, I, the fact that it happened at Penn State makes it even better. That's awesome. <laughs> and, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's full circle. I was at a trade show in Dallas a few years ago, and my champion sales rep, he saw me walking. He's like, Steve, come over here. You know, and he had heard my story. And he says, hey, I want you to meet somebody. He goes, remember this guy? His name was John Schaefer. He was the owner of the Lions Pride. You know, and I was like, holy cow, man. It's been like, yeah, 25 years or I'm, I'm still doing it. You know, it, it, it works for me. It's, thank you so much. And I just called the guy up and said, hey, I don't, sir, I don't know enough to ask you an intelligent question, but can I come out and talk to you? I, I'm the mascot. I'm the knight at Rutgers. I'm friends with the Penn State Lions. His name's Doug, you know, whatever. Uh, and he said, sure, come on out. So over my winter break, I drove out to Penn State, met the gentleman. He showed me a store. He drove me off campus where they had a family business that screen prints and embroiders. And, you know, he kept the, uh, I guess the excitement, kept the fire, stoked the fire in the belly to keep it going. And I, heck, I didn't know if I could do it or not. I had no idea. And then as the, my, my second senior year, my super senior year went away, uh, coming to an end, uh, I was just having dinner with friends at Shelly's restaurant, if anybody remembers that from the late eighties and the owner, He's all the brothers of the guys that own Teresa's and Mediterra. And I asked him, I said, hey, any, any retail spaces available around here? And he says, oh, go talk to the campus barber. I heard he wanted to retire. You know, and I, I'm like, oh, I get my hair cut there. My, my dad got his, my hair, his hair cut there. So I went and talked to him and, and he says, oh, yeah, I got to sell my barber equipment. I, I would consider renting my space if that happened, you know. And sometime in the spring, I got a how to open your own retail store book for my birthday for my parents, I think. And I read it twice. I don't know. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I sold Hondas in Bridgewater for a month. But that was kind of cool and fun too. But uh, yeah, then everything started falling into place. I was like, oh my God, I can rent this space. Oh my God, I can open a store if I want. Like, oh my God, how do I do this? You know, oh my God, I got I to gotta get a bank loan. You know, how do I do all this? And it, if people remember back in the day, it was really, really small. It was about 500 square feet, I think. And, uh, but we opened up open the store up right after that. I've never had a real job, so to speak. And I think in the first couple of weeks we beat Penn state. And then later that year, that's when, you know, Ricky Daddick is bombing threes and we beat Penn state again for the NCAA tournament birth in basketball. And then right, uh, that was 88, about a year right? later. 1988. Yeah, eight, yep. That was 80, mm -hmm. 80, yeah, 88 and then 89. Yeah. For the basketball game. And then, uh, the people that rented the apartment behind the store left. And I asked my landlord, Hey, can I rent, I rent the back apartment and knock the wall down and make my store bigger. He said, yeah, you always paid the rent. Sure. You're a nice guy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then made the store a little bigger, you know? And then a couple of years later, somebody was trying to buy the building so they could kick me out. And the gentleman, the campus barber is a nice man. And he says, Oh, you know, it's only fair that I'd ask you first, you know? And I was like, wow, man, like I gotta, you know, like the, the mortgage will be a lot more than my rent. Like, wow. I'm just like, you know, I'm in my twenties, like, holy smokes. I don't know if I can do this. But if I wanted to keep my store, I had to do it. So I bought the building from him and he held the note and I paid him. Uh, I still remember his address in Wachung that I sent the check to every, every month for a long time. And then, uh, yeah, it all fell into place. And now it's 30 something years later and yeah, I'm still there selling shirts. And we knocked the store down like post, I think 2007 and 2008, uh, knocked, knocked the old store down. I, I bought the building next door. 
a couple of years prior just to get a parking spot, not to knock my building down, just to get a parking spot. And I said, I'm going to knock them both down. And that, and that all worked out too. And so we got a bigger store, a newer store. It's nice. Uh, and hopefully uh, the, the Rutgers faithful enjoy coming in and, and getting some swag. That's awesome. Yeah, that renovation was top notch. I remember walking in for the first time thinking, oh, yeah, we've arrived. I mean, we were coming off 06, too. So it kind of felt like we were playing with a lot of house money anyway. But, yeah, it, it, your store reflected that, that sort of upswing. Yeah, cool. Yeah, there's and like little things, little things like, you know, we play the fight song on speakers outside of the outside of the, the store. I kind of got that idea from the family clothesline at Penn State. You open the door to their store and you, and it get, you get that that lion's roar at the stadium. Every time somebody opens the door, the lion's roar comes out. I was like, oh, like, oh we don't have like, what could I do? What could I do? I'm like, oh, how about the how about the alma mater? So we play Rutgers songs out on the sidewalk, you know, or. We had all the flags, and we still had the Big Ten flags on the wall. I got that idea from Varsity Pizza in Syracuse. I was up at Syracuse back when they had Don McPherson and Donovan McNabb, and they were undefeated. And Brent Musburger is interviewing the owner of Varsity Pizza, and it was the first time they had all the, all the flags turned upside down. They would turn them upside down as they beat them. you know. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's cool. So when I opened the store, I was like, I want to put all the Big East flags, or all the, I want to put our football schedule up on the wall like varsity pizza did i thought that was cool you know uh so you pick up things so in in all my travels to those places i just had all these ideas rumbling around in my head and you know for years and i'm like i'm gonna open a rucker store i think it's gonna be cool very awesome and it works that's really really cool so you've had your finger on the pulse of you know ruckers and new jersey athletics for 30 some odd years now um, from your purge at Scarlet Fever, what's the fondest memories you have of events um, in and around the state and at, and at Rutgers sporting events? I mean, everybody everybody can point to those same, you know, Pandemonium and Piscataway, uh, that, that first Big Ten win versus the winningest program in the history oh, of the yeah. game, Michigan. Yeah, that was uh, I mean, I didn't storm the field, but I hopped down and I got someone to take a picture of me with the, the, the five on one side and the zero on the other at the 50 yard line with a big smile. Like, yeah, man, we just beat Michigan. We're in the big 10, you know, stuff's stuff's changing. You know, that, that 88 game versus Penn state basketball still. Wow. That was, that was nuts. That was crazy. Uh, but there's, you know, there's so many games. Everyone points to those, those big ones. Uh, but so many games, so many games and so much fun. And, and you kind of like the bowl game in Houston, like, all right, we just want a bowl game, you know, against the big 12 team, you know, and Ray Rice and Brian Leonard are, are throwing t-shirts down from the third story balcony down to the crowd in the lobby. Like those are just, wow. Like we've arrived, you know, like we're, we're, we finally, we finally got there. We, you know, we went bigger time for decades and then we finally started to get there. Like now, you know, we made it to the big time now. You know, and I think Coach Giano said, yeah, it's real tough to get there, but it's even tougher to stay. <laughs> so that's what we're back, back working on again is back to getting on top of that mountain like we were. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, another game that sticks out is the last time we beat West Virginia. And I think you have a really cool piece of apparel in your store from that game. Is it the goalpost or a piece of wood? Yeah. How'd you the get goal that? Post. that? How'd you get a, uh, I I was in a fraternity during my time at Rutgers and 
you know, all the frats, you go in the frats, they all had goalposts in the basements as well as mine. And, you know, you ask like, what, oh, oh yeah, back, back when we played Princeton back in the sixties and the seventies, you know, you hear the stories of the alumni. Oh man, like yeah, it took five of us. We took out the three guys from Hardenburg and we took the wood <laughs> from them. And we run out with five guys and, and guys, you know, trying to tackle us in the background. And, you know, I guess the fraternities, you know, Hey, we got eight or nine guys versus you two. So we get the biggest piece of wood, you know? Uh, and, and then in my basement, they were, you know, painted and they had the score and whatever guys managed to run away with the piece of wood had their name on it. So I always say the one in my store, it's an authentic imitation. Uh, the one goalpost from the last Princeton game is an authentic imitation. We got Jumbo's name on it. There was a guy named Jumbo, kind of like Flounder. We had a Jumbo. Uh, so his name is up on the goalpost. And then the West Virginia one is actually it's one of the benches. It's one of the seats from the stadium because that was the last game before they ripped up the stadium. So a bunch of guys I was friends with ripped up their seat and they said, hey, Steve-O, we want you to have this. Put it in your store. So I painted it like the goalposts and their names are on the goalposts to this day because they're the guys that that captured it, so to speak. They procured it. That's awesome. Yeah, part of the, you know, obviously part of the mystique of college football is the pageantry and the history. So I love that stuff that, you know, this idea that, you know, the sport's been played longer than every other sport in this country, um, right? Longer than baseball. Yeah, yes. I, it, it, for me, I don't really follow the Jets or the Giants or the Eagles or, you know, the NBA, the Knicks, the Nets, the, the, the uh, shoot 76ers. I just I like the college sports. I, it's the it's the student sections. It's the cheerleaders, the band, the alumni. It's like that's our team, man. That's my team. That's my school. It's not just eh, it's the Knicks because they're the closest, and I see them on TV all the time. Like no, that, that's my school. You know, oh, they're representing me. And yeah, I was a student. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, I was on the field. Yeah, yeah, like that's my team. So I just feel connected to Rutgers. I'm just one of those dorky. Rutgers fans. There's a lot of us out there too, but yeah, just like, you know, for good or for, you know, people that Jets fan or Nets fan, historically Rutgers hasn't been that great in some of the major sports. It's tough being a Rutgers fan over the years, but uh, it looks like good times are ahead. Yeah. With that in mind, you know, you talked about being connected. I feel connected just like you in 06. It felt like the whole state felt connected to this team and this university um, because of the great success we had. It was exciting, right? It was unbelievable. It, it was it was amazing. And, you know, again, I was in the store all day, every day. And all of a sudden, you know, moms are coming in. Hey, you know, yeah, my, my, my kid has a Rutgers day at XYZ Elementary School. You know, do you have youth clothes? Like, oh, yeah, over here. You know, it was, yeah, the whole state. And it's, it's, it was neat to see because we've never had that. We're such a pro state surrounded by so many pro teams in every sport. And you know, what's, the, what's the next closest Division I football team? Penn State, Syracuse, Maryland, maybe? I, you know, nobody really close to New Jersey. Nobody. I know like, and I, when I was a little kid, I, I grew up watching Penn State and Michigan, right? And Notre Dame, I think we all did, uh, which is changing now. And now it's, yeah, it's the New Jersey State University. And if Rutgers is good, man, we come out. We come out in force, and that that's that's fun. That stadium, I've been to a lot of stadiums. 
Rutgers atmosphere and, and, and decibels up against anybody, you know? Oh, totally agree. There's been several games where I thought this is outrageously loud. You know, all the games you mentioned, but even some other ones like Washington State, which we ultimately lost in the rain, that was loud. Arkansas at home, that was loud. We willed the team back there. You're right. I mean, the decibel level in that stadium reaches great heights. And a lot of players from other schools, you know, they say it's the, the loudest place they've played. So it's not just us that say yeah. it. I've seen those, I've seen those quotes. I've seen those quotes, you know, linemen from Penn state, you know, you, you see him, you know, interviewed and they're expecting, Oh, the horseshoe, Oh, the big house. He's like, no man, loudest place we ever played was Rutgers two years ago, man. Place was crazy. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. Is it, is it just, is it just a Jersey thing between that and the rack? I don't know, but yeah, we get loud. No, we do. And it's fun. It's fun. It's exciting. And, and I, 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 it's going to happen again. You know, when, when, you had Shianoville and kids are camping out for tickets and coaches buying everybody pizza. And, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, I, I'm excited. And I know it was one of those big 10 shows with uh, coach Underwood. And he said, he goes, man, he goes, I'm blessed. He goes, I, I got to, I got to take the journey as a student athlete. And I went from 155 pound, nobody in high school to a 185 pound NFL receiver. He goes, man, he goes, I can't wait to do it all over again. And he goes, it's not if we're going to do it again. He goes, oh, we're doing it. We're doing it again. And he goes, and man, the, that ride is fun. I get, I'm getting goosebumps again just thinking about him saying that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So when, when Shiano came in the first time, you know, one, he obviously introduced, you know, radical stuff to the program, one of the most radical being the Block R. Um, how did that hit, like, the apparel game? And, and what is – did that really change the way people looked at, you know, Rutgers within the state when that brand at block R brand started getting perpetuated. And um, in addition to that, what's, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, Rutgers never really had a brand before that. And probably anybody listening to this, you know, the, the iconic brands, like, you know, that a yellow M in a blue field. You don't have to tell anybody what that is. Everybody knows, you know, and most schools have it, whether it's the Purdue P, uh, the Duke D, the ND Notre Dame, you know, the Longhorn from Texas, all these iconic images you're so used to seeing. Rutgers didn't have it. We had a bunch of Miss Mashi brands. And uh, I know there was that trendy, trendy company that started doing all the NBA logos. And we had the knight with the sword with the eight different colors and, the funky, weird font, you know, and like, cause we did that cause everybody else was doing it. And it was, it was like, okay logo, but there it was, it's just a big mess of, of colors and graphics and lines, in my opinion. And oftentimes, especially, especially, especially with athletics, less is more, less is more. You don't need some eight color logo with five shades of red, just boom. Rutgers are bold iconic strong and 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 that's it and and that was uh that was a coach Shiano thing uh and i know he had uh, there's a guy dan in the marketing department that then created an alphabet around that r uh but yeah so and it's become the main symbol of the university it's on the welcome center it's on the flags around the campus it's on buildings it's it's everywhere it's cool it's cool and it looks great i'm looking at a coffee mug in my kitchen right now with it on too 
That's cool. Uh, but we needed it. We needed to have that image that people can start to recognize, whether it's in Paramus or Cherry Hill or Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Be like, oh, that's the Rutgers are. Yeah. You know, the more that we, hey, we're in the Big Ten, the more you win, the more people see it. Like, oh, yeah, that's the Rutgers are. And Shiano gets that. He's handing out magnets like candy on Halloween and giving out shirts to kids in middle schools. And yeah, just spread the word, spread the R, you know. And, uh, and then the whole state did pick up on it in two, 2006, for sure. You can't drive, can't drive a mile without seeing an R magnet on the car, you know. And, uh, and you're going to see that again. It's, you know, winning begets winning, and, and it just it grows. And you can kind of see it growing again. Absolutely. Yeah. What's been the top selling piece of apparel at Scarlet Fever over the course of uh, your time in the business? Has there been one item that just consistently sells every year, year in, year out? I mean, I mean, what is when you think of the college sweatshirt? I mean, Mark Echo, isn't he like a multimillionaire fashion guy from, you know, in the 90s and early 2000s? Mark Echo, he had his employees come into my store and they said, we need something that shows college, that depicts college, collegiate look, you know? And, you know, it's, to me, it's the most basic thing out there. But if you go to any bookstore, in any school, in any state, you're going to see a sweatshirt that just says Maryland, that just says Texas, that just says Michigan. And that's like the simplest, you know, we call it the arc, Rutgers arc just Rutgers arched on the chest, red and black and gray, red and white on black, you know, black and white on red. We sell those all day, every day. It, it's the most basic item we have. It's the most classic item we have, and it, it'll never go out of style. Trends come, trends go, but that's just always, that's just the classic college sweatshirt in, in a block font. That's at every college bookstore. So we sell that thing all day long for 30 years now. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I bought one of each of those for everybody in my family. So that, that sums up. I yeah, think. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, not, it's not a sexy answer, but it's the truth, you know? It's just, yeah, that plain, basic, rough arch. Yeah, that's all day. So the other, obviously, big part of the business is uh, Greek life, serving Greek life. You have great apparel there, and you do a lot of custom work. Um, you've been at the center of Greek life in a lot of respects because of that. Um, so in your view, do you see a strong association between Greek life and sports and how has that kind of Greek life's place at Rutgers evolved over the time that you've, you've had your store? I mean, Greek life is Greek life. It's, you know, uh, say I was in a fraternity. Uh, my daughter just graduated Rutgers. She was in a sorority. My son is currently a student at Rutgers and, and he's in a fraternity as well. Uh, my wife was in a sorority. We encouraged our kids. It was a, fantastic experience uh you, you really do make so many friends so many memories so many experiences i remember my daughter you know the the first week she she joined her sorority she's like dad my, my planner is is overflowing you know uh and it, it it makes Rutgers is a huge huge place and it makes a small home inside the big place you know it's someplace you can go to it's, 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 it's a network of friends that you always have your back and it's just fun. You're doing stuff, whether you're, you're getting a pie shoved in your face to raise money or you're, you know, playing intramural football or, you know, having a mixer, a party, a tailgate, all, you know, 
hey, instead of the five guys on Senior Street, heck, man, I got the 85 guys from my frat. You know, back in that, back when we used to have the games at Giant Stadium, we'd rent a box truck. We rent a box truck, and two of our brothers were, were actual brothers, and they were DJs. We roll up that back door. We got 500 watts of DJ, roll it up, dump out the grill, dump out everything. And uh, yeah, man, that's a great, great tailgate in Giant Stadium would, would roll up with or, or Rutgers Stadium, wherever. But uh, I can remember back in the day, I used to, you know, wait for campus classics. That was like the old man that would come to your fraternity house and you'd order your Greek letters and maybe they show up about two months later, you know. Uh, and then there was a store called Going Greek, which went out of business. A long story, but they went out of business. So their sellers came to me and said, "Hey, do you want to sell Greek stuff?" I was like, "Oh man, it's so tedious. Each item is individual and custom." But we started doing it, and it's fun. It's fun. It's fun doing it. It's fun making people their letters. It's fun seeing people excited about their letters when they come in and they get their patterns and their this and their colors, and it comes out and they're happy. And we did a good job with it. And yeah. And then you mentioned the sports and it is the fraternities and the sororities. It's, it's, everything's just a little bigger, you know? Uh, and I'm going to say those kids, you know, love them or hate them. And a lot of people don't love fraternities, but uh, they got higher GPAs than the all male average and they have bigger parties and everything's just a little bigger. And those guys, I know, I know my guys are some advisor, you know, I, I see them, I see them at the basketball games, you know, or having a tailgate, different things. Uh, the kids, those are kids that want to be involved. They want to be involved during their four years in college. They want to belong to an organization that, whether it's having a tailgate, raising money, playing intramurals, all these things, you know, they just want to be involved in campus. And those are the same people. Once they graduate, they, they really enjoyed their time at Rutgers because they were involved. They made networks of friends and, and, and had fantastic memories. So I, I met a whole group of guys in front of me in my section. I, I didn't know them at college. I've gotten to know them over the years. Uh, now we're friends. Our, my wife and some of their wives talk on the phone because uh, we got to know them in our, in our football section. And their son and, and my daughter were the same age and their son was going to go to Minnesota and my daughter was going to go to South Carolina, but they both ended up at Rutgers. Uh, but, you know, he said to his son, he's like, hey, like, you know, Justin, look at this. You want to go to Minnesota, like, awesome. That's great. Good school. But, uh, you know, you're friends with my friend's kids. We get to do this half a dozen times a year, get together. And and because we enjoy each other's company and our families are friends now. And it's just it's really a lifetime network, a lifetime social network that you can continue your college years through the relationships that you made during your time there. And that's what is so important, at least in my opinion, on the Greek system. For all the haters out there, it's a great experience. Does it go sideways once in a while? A bunch of chuckleheads on a Friday night? Yeah, that's anywhere. But the good so far outweighs any negative, in my opinion. Yeah, it's beautifully put, Steve. I couldn't have said that any better. Um, yeah, I mean, all my best friends are my fraternity brothers. My best man was my fraternity brother. Uh, my wife and I are both in Greek life as well. It's and the 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 guy that I'm just talking about, the the best man. Uh, he's the one who does this podcast with me. So, I mean, yeah, everything you said rings true. And, uh, I mean, here's case in point, case in point. I mean, I graduated heck 30 years ago. We have a golf outing on Monday, like 20 guys registered for it. 20 guys that are still getting together to play golf. Is that on Bush? 30 years later. 
Yeah, they're playing at the Rutgers course. Love it. I don't I don't golf, but I know they have a 7:30 tee time or something going off. I'm gonna meet him for lunch uh, at two o'clock after. You know, like that's what a fraternity's about. It's at the drop of a hat we get in my buddy's van and go see our other friend's dad's 80-something birthday. He was also in our fraternity. You know, and he initiated his own son, who's our friend, when when he joined the Brotherhood. You know, we said, "Oh, Mr. So and So's birthday, let's go up and see him." Called his called his wife. She ordered pizza and cooked chicken for us all, and we surprised him over the winter. You know, we hung out in his garage. You know, uh, that's like cool. that's that's what a fraternity is about. You know, that's very cool. Yeah. So your future plans, you got, you're very, uh, it sounds like you, you've got a lot of ideas and you've, you've been able to action all of them throughout your career and grow your business, really get involved in Rutgers. Do you have any future plans for Scarlet Fever or other businesses for that matter? Uh, it's funny, like I said, back at that, you know, the Lions pride from Penn State. Uh, I'm not even sure how long ago it was, maybe 20 years ago at this point, something like that. The opportunity came up. I actually purchased a screen printing business from, from what, you know, one of the guys who was my printer. So I kind of vertically integrated like guy out in lines pride at state college, Pennsylvania did as well. So, uh, I mean, I literally, I just dropped off. I don't even know, 485 shirts for the camp on Saturday for, you know, the football team. Uh, so we do a lot of printing for everybody too. So, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. So yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to slow down the spinning wheel a little bit at some point, you know, but, but I, I enjoy what I do. I enjoy spending 10 hours on a Saturday in April chatting with like high school kids and their parents and convincing them why they need to go to Rutgers and not Delaware or Quinnipiac or Virginia tech or Penn state, you know? Uh, and if you're a Jersey kid, man, like it's your state school. Why would you want to go to, why would you want to go to Quinnipiac or Virginia tech? Ever been to Virginia Tech? You drive five hours south, get out, take a pee, turn right, and drive three more hours. No shortcut. <laughs> I would, why, would, why would you want to do that? You know? Well, they got a Go pretty Delaware. They got a pretty uh, crazy ratio of men to women, too, right? It's like seven, seven men to every three women or something like that. So it's a big engineering school, right? I, I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't know that. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put that in my, my arsenal. But my friend's son, he comes in, he's like, hey, Mr. O, this is my friend Ryan from home. Can you convince him why he should go to Rutgers over Virginia Tech? This, was, this is a true story. Like three years ago, I didn't know this kid, Ryan. Fast forward, Ryan and his friend from home, Joe, who were in the store that day, are all in the same fraternity with my son. And they all lived off campus together last year. And his wow. mom sends me a rent check every month. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, same thing. There was a girl, girl Sophia, came in with her dad, you know, and they were talking to my, my wife and my daughter. And I came out of the back. My daughter goes, got one for you, dad. And I was like, oh, like, where are you? And her brother went to Delaware. And she was from North Jersey. I'm like, why are you going to drive two hours further south? The lesser rated school. I said, I don't want to trash you know, I'm sure you get a good education there as well. It's what you put into it is what you'll get out of it. I go, so you're driving two hours further south. You're going to pay twice the price. Her dad looks at me. He goes, thank you. You know, and I told her about her state school and this and that and blah, 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 blah. 
fast forward, fast forward, came to Rutgers. I, I have rental properties off campus too. Uh, she was living in one of my houses this year and she's in the same like friend group circle as my son. And her dad Venmo's me the check or rent money every month. Yeah. So, but I enjoy that. I enjoy talking Rutgers. I enjoy talking up Rutgers. Uh, yeah, I mean, most people are. We, we all need to be advocates for the school, right? And, and exactly the way you described it, it's not just a commitment you make for your four years. It's a commitment you make for your life because you're going to have access to the school. You have access to the community. You'll be able to visit reasonably uh, every, you know, every week during football season. And when, then whenever incrementally it comes up during the year too. So you can actually maintain involvement and, and, and kind of have you, that. You tie can. Lines, right. Yeah. You, you can. Yeah. And I know, again, that's just the dorky Rutgers fan in me, but I, I like going to the lacrosse games. I, I, I'll go to wrestling matches. You know, I have a season ticket for basketball. Heck, I girls soccer. I, I I've gone to a few of their games because they're always really good. I'm like I gotta go to I gotta support the girls soccer, man. They they kick butt. They always do well. You know, so I've gone to some of their games. I'm not even a soccer fan, uh, but I I enjoy going. I'll just go by myself. I, I usually run into somebody I know. You know, a parent or something or a friend or you know a student whatever. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Again, I I it's I feel connected. Like hey, this is my school. You know, I, I really don't like soccer at all, but I'll go to a, a Rutgers soccer game because it's, yeah. it's my, my, my school, you know, Absolutely. and they're, if they're doing well or something. Yeah. So sure. uh, this is a, this is a big one, Steve. I, I think everybody's going to be curious about this one. You've been on campus now, 30, 30 some odd years, favorite Rutgers athlete. Do you have a favorite? Favorite Rutgers athlete. I mean, whew, uh there's a couple a couple athletes I would point to only because of just personal interactions. When my son was, shoot, maybe seven, eight years old, you know, I, I wrestled in high school. So I, I brought him over. I would go over to the barn on Sunday mornings when, when Scott Goody got hired. And Mike DeMarco, he's now, I think he's a trainer at Rutgers, married a girl from Rutgers, I think, one of the athletes. But uh, I remember him taking the time and the patience to to work with my son on wrestling moves on a Sunday morning with some eight-year-old kid. And, and he, I doubt he was getting paid to do that. You know what I mean? But that was, I always remember that. And, and he stops in the store occasionally. I always say hello to him and I run into him somewhere. And then the other guy, maybe Scott Bita. He was, you know, the, the in short, the step slow, under-recruited lacrosse player out of Bridgewater. And, uh, and then he got a, a late Rutgers offer and, and, and came to Rutgers and turned himself into an all Big Ten player and even played in the Major League Lacrosse League for a couple of years. Wow. Yeah, and he also, he was, he was my son's summer coach one year. My son played lacrosse all his life. Uh, and Scott was great. And, and he worked with my son. We used to go, you know, I, I asked my son, like, hey, do you want to you go do a beat a day? He's like, yeah, dad, that'd be fun. So I text Scott and say, Hey Scott, can we meet you at Bush? You know, your convenience, you know, this and that. Well, he'd come out and just work with my son because he's a heck of a nice guy, you know? And, and like, those are some of the athletes that I've had personal dealings with that, that have always stayed with me, you know? And then there's a current girl. I think she's got one more year. TT Naz girls, lacrosse player. My son's moving into the dorm and uh, she's like, hi, how you doing? My name's TT. I'm on the girls lacrosse team. If I can help you out and answer any of your questions, you know, just such a nice, nice 
ambassador to the university. She's a heck of a great lacrosse player. And I know her mom and dad from Rutgers. Her, her mom was a cheerleader when I was the mascot. And her dad was an All-American. I think his dad was a goalie. And he's a uh, head coach of Randolph, I believe, high school lacrosse team. So I'd see him once a year when my high school would play his school. Uh, those are some of the, the athletes that I've had personal relationships with over the years. Awesome. Awesome. I'd love to see Rutgers lacrosse continue to blow up and draw some of these like blue blood kids from the Montclair Kim academies and Glen ridges to Rutgers. I, I think it can happen right now. It doesn't because I'm a lacrosse, guy, so lacrosse, but there's a weird kind of like pompousness in lacrosse and you don't necessarily Rutgers first. You think other places. There is. Yeah, there is. And you, you mentioned Montclair. Uh, I, you know, I had, a, I had a friend of mine, uh, he's done very well for himself. He think he's like CFO of a large company and he lives in Mont. His kids go to Montclair Kimberly Academy. You know, he went to Villanova back in the day when Villanova was very easy to get into. But, uh, I said, yeah, I go in your, your little circle of friends. You guys, you guys don't, don't put Rutgers as the school the kids are applying to, you know, right. and he's, and I go, cause you're, you're shooting for like Ivy's or, or a Georgetown or, or, uh, you know, a school like that. He's like, well, you know, Lafayette has more cachet because you can afford the $74,000. He's like, yeah, you're not wrong. You know? And yeah, traditionally, traditionally lacrosse has been like a prep school kind of sport, but now it's everywhere, you know, but sometimes unlike football or basketball, where a lot of kids have aspirations and there's a giant payday at the end of the rainbow, there's no million dollar contract in lacrosse. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of kids, and if you come from a, a wealthy background where the education is uh, prized, so to speak, and all of a sudden, like, you know, Princeton or Penn, you know, elite schools are knocking on your door. Like you had no chance in heck getting into Princeton or Penn. Not that you're a bad student. You could be a very good student, but those are elite academic schools. But all of a sudden that door opens up because of lacrosse. A lot of those kids and their families will take that opportunity to walk through that door, you know, Absolutely. for that education. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah, it's true. Not that Rutgers is great education, but yeah, it's just, you know. And you, can't not begrudge you. Kid. you can't begrudge a kid for going that route. That's definitely. Uh, I even think the appeal is for even, not the, even the non-athlete, like just the the kid that goes to one of those schools is likes lacrosse. Right. And then goes to, comes down to campus to, to watch our guys play and then says, you know, this is actually a pretty nice place. Maybe I should consider Rutgers. I think, you know, if we can continue oh, sure. to at a high level, we could even draw some of these kids that wouldn't have even maybe snipped around. No, for sure. Yeah. And then everybody loves to play in the winter too. You know, everybody, you know, and Rutgers lacrosse right. has got it going on now for sure. Uh, and now at the new Rodkin Center, the facilities, the conference, you know, again, I always like those kids that come into the store and I'll grill them. I grill them hard. I go, well, why not Rutgers? Yeah. Can you tell me why not? What does another school have that Rutgers doesn't? And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for you to explain <laughs> it to me in a logical, in a logical yeah. common sense, uh, sentence or two here. You know, what does that school have? Like, oh, I'm going to go to Alabama. Like, okay. Okay, hon. Like, then start doing your, your hair and makeup on Wednesday for the game because that's what they do in Alabama, you know, because that's all they got. It's Alabama. You want to go to Penn State? I mean, there's, there's some guy right now in Tawanda 
he's he's like smoking his meat for the first game in September already. That's all he's got. We're Jersey, man. We got lots of stuff to do in Jersey. You know? yeah. But uh, that's so true. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Well, this has been amazing. I think I, mean, I for one, have loved it. So thank you for spending the time with us. And uh, I, think that I know the listeners are going to have loved it too. Uh, anything else you want to say before we adjourn? No, I guess I, you know, I get a little carried away sometimes. I, I wear my passion on my sleeve for my school, you know, but, uh, but it's exciting now that, you know, the Big Ten and all that brings with it, you know, we're kind of like the Jeffersons of conference realignment. But that being said, we, we belong. We belong. We belong on that, you know, that wall in my store. We belong in that wall with Penn State and Maryland and Indiana and Michigan and Purdue and Wisconsin. You know, some fantastic academic schools, some fantastic athletic schools. We're right there. And you see the improvement now. You see the investment that the school, you can say the state, is making. You know, I mean, across the board, the soccer teams, the lacrosse teams, the basketball teams, the football team. You sense it. You can, you can smell it in the air around the health center, man. It's, it's maybe a year away. I don't know. It's happening, though. Oh, yeah. You know? we got the coaches lacrosse. in place, man. Lacrosse coach, we got that coach with the right coach. Football, basketball. Wrestling, gymnastics is doing well and improving. Are they? Is gymnastics elite? No, but they're twice as good as they were a few years ago. Same you with volleyball. I mean? like you right? see, volleyball, too. Yeah, volleyball, volleyball is winning games. Yeah. Field hockey's top ten. You know, uh, so many, so many things that are happening. So many good things. You know, boys sports, girls sports across the board. Yeah. You know, football and basketball get the spotlight and the limelight and the headline. Uh, but there's a lot of good stuff going on behind those those sports as well. And those sports are doing well, you know, on their own. Yeah, it's, it's really a renaissance, I think, of of Rutgers this last couple of years since Shiano, just, you know, announced he was coming back. So I, I'm feeling it in the air as well. And no doubt we'll be will become a scarlet fever to fulfill all of our apparel needs. So thank you for filling that gap, Steve, and, um, and building that great business and, and really awesome, really awesome journey and story you shared today. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, anybody needs a t-shirt, come on down. We will do. Cool. All right. Thanks, Steve. Thank you.